Welcome back to Win the Whack podcast. This is the reiteration or the revival, you could say, of the original podcast, Win the Whack. Um, it is Tuesday, November 15th, and this new revived version of Win the Whack podcast starts now. I'm here with John Mark Boucher. How's it going, John Mark? It's good, Connor. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So tell the people what you've been up to. Uh, John, Mark, and I were in the same class, uh, class of 2020 at GCU. We've been out of school for a couple of years, but um, we both love Lopes basketball. So we decided um, we're going to get this thing going again. Um, Zach Cecil is the guy who usually has been doing this with me back when we were covering the 2018-2019 season. Zach's actually in Virginia. So... He is unable to join us tonight, but I figured John Mark's the guy that I want filling in, and maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe John Mark will stick around. Anyways, tell Dude, the people what yeah. uh, what what you're up to these days, John Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, Connor and I graduate 2020, so peak COVID. Um, our uh, graduation was a nice submit our assignments and uh, shut our laptops for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you did for your graduation, but I was stuck in a house quarantining in the middle of a parking lot. Didn't see people for, you know, two, I, so. I was not too thrilled about my experience, but it sounds better than yours, man. Me and the boys, um, you know, uh, we had, we had, uh, Dylan Reichert over, we had, um, Ryan Medford, Austin Rowe, Tanner Marks, you know, uh, see, us the boys, we were, we were hanging out at the house down in surprise and, um, my mom and dad decided it was a good idea to send us, or I guess they ordered us, um, catered famous Dave's for the night. So we just had to go pick that up. That was my graduation basically. So dude, that sounds so much better. I ordered like Domino's pizza <laughs> <laughs> and I watched like the Michael Jordan documentary that came out. <laughs> hey dude, there you go. The last dance that, Hey, no, that's, that sounds, that sounds decent. Yeah, okay. It was okay. Um, what are you up to these days, these days, man? Yeah. Uh, for the past two years, I actually worked as a middle school and high school teacher. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, I started coaching basketball up there. So I coach clubs still. Um, and now I actually work for GCU now. Um, I'm a university admissions counselor. So I'm out here getting my master's through GCU and uh, uh, getting future lopes to go to GCU. So it's uh, kind of a fun circle. Dude, you are the man. You're getting it done. What level of basketball are you coaching for club? Um, currently, I'm in the high school season. Um, but I've coached from like fifth grade up through like 17, like seven U 17s. Okay, cool. Um, so what explain your, your culture, your, your team mm -hmm. culture. That, that's a fantastic question. I ask myself that every season I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I go into tryouts. Right. And I'm like, yeah, this season I'm going to be this type of coach and it's never the same. It's never the same. Okay. It really depends on the kids I have. There was this last season I was coaching like a, like a freshman team. And it was like, I had amazing players. We're blowing teams out by 50, right? So it was kind nice. of like a live and let die thing. I was like, you know what? Go play ball. <laughs> Here, here's my <laughs> system. Here's my system. Go, go play ball. Uh, but when I'm coaching, like, for instance, if I'm coaching like a middle school team, it's a little more structured just to teach them the game. Uh, very motion heavy, man-to-man. -man. I'm a big man-to-man -man defense guy. Thank you. Thank just because you. I'm not a coward. You know, <laughs> geez, you got some people pretty, uh, pretty upset now already. Uh, that's probably true. That's probably if you run a two, three, I get it. But <laughs> no, nah, you got it. especially middle school. You want to teach them. They're not. It's not high school. It's not high school. Yeah, for sure. Now, for high sure. school, if I'm playing a team that just is just beating me inside, they're so much bigger than me. Yeah, you might have to go to that two, three, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, 
regarding your your coaching experience okay okay I've, I've learned um you know uh mac brown the coach for uh North Carolina football. He was with mm-hmm. Texas for a while too. Um, he probably stole it from somebody else, but he, he I, I got the quote from him. Um, it's um, your culture is defined by what you allow or let what you let kids get away with. So I guess what are things that are non-negotiable for you as a coach and things mm. that you're like, I will not let these things happen in my program. Mm, that's a really good question. Or maybe things you must do in my program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, my number one rule is they don't talk to the refs. I talk to the refs. Okay. Yeah, Respe- that's like respecting the authority. Okay. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like especially high school ball, like these refs are just there just to get a like a not that big of a paycheck. They get paid like 60, 80 bucks a game. You know, they're not out here making bank. So I'm like, dude, don't I'll talk to the refs. You don't talk to the refs. And so if I if I catch a player talking to the refs, that's game over for them. I don't care. Like do you Weird. have any do you have any technicals as a coach talking to refs? Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. How many? Mm-hmm. Um good. <laughs> <laughs> um <sighs> there was one where I almost pulled like a Bobby Knight and threw a chair. Oh um Shame but then mama. I realized, what are you doing? <laughs> Dude, I was just mad. Me, me and the ref had uh, had some history. Um, some bad blood. Okay, some bad blood. Him, he's a he was another coach too when we would coach club. He was just refing, so he already just him and I just did not get along. I'd probably say I have five five technicals. Yo, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 I respect and, and sometimes it, and hear me out. Here's my philosophy with that. Right. I'm okay getting a technical if a doesn't cost us the game. Like if, if it's a crunch time game, they miss a call. Right. And we still have a chance. You to almost want a technical in that situation. It, it, unless it leads to like free throws and stuff like that though. You sure, know? Sure. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to risk losing points, losing possession, anything like that. Okay. You know? But if it's like a, a the, the Nuggets head coach, Mike Malone, Michael, okay. Malone, excuse me, Michael Malone. He is being called Mike Malone. Um, his philosophy, sometimes he just gets a technical and he gets thrown out just as a, like spark of fire in his team. Okay. You know, sometimes it's a I chess it, move. It's a chess move. Sometimes I just do it just to show my team that I care, you know, okay. it um, sends a so message. I feel it sends that a message, you know, so I probably say I have five. I probably also sweat more too than the half my players <laughs> just because how much I'm walking up and down facing you and me both, my friend, you and me both. Yeah. That's Dude, awesome. I can't wait for one one day to coach together or coach Dude, against each other. Gonna... I've, we've been talking about this for two or three, well, if not three years, but at least two years now. You know, if one of us makes it to a college program and is coaching, Dude. we have to invite the other to be on the staff. You know, we have to. We have to. It's a gentleman's agreement. So yeah. Um, let me think. Other other non negotiables. Oh, this is my thing. If you miss a shot, I don't care where on the court it is. If you smoke a layup. You, you brick a three. I don't care. If you put your head down and walk back, that's, that's can't no. have it. You just you can't, can't have it. it. I actually, in terms of like attitude, I allow for um, the most part, my kids to talk back to me um, to a certain extent. Now, if it's like, you're, you're the worst coach in the world. What do you, you know? Okay. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you're going to be riding the, the bench. So exactly. But if I'm talking, especially like I have this one player I used to, I, I used to coach. I'll keep her. I also won't say her name, but she was amazing. She really knew the game. Right. Okay. But uh, I would put, I would put something in, I would call a play or I said defense or I say something. And then she's like, 
are you sure you think that's the right one? And then we would like bounce back and forth real fast. Kind okay. of deal. And then sometimes you had a good point because she's the one playing. Sure. You know? Yeah, um, for sure. And other times I'm like, nope, just trust me on this one. We'll go. We had like a mutual respect nice. to each other, you know, but that comes over time and just a lot of respect towards each other, you know? And, and the more you see the game and, and interact with players too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say for me, the, uh, the non-negotiables for me, I guess for me, it's more actually pet peeves. And I'm just like, do not, do not do these things or I will rip into you when we're watching film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my pet peeves defensively is leaving the feet, um, especially oh, yeah. on like a on a, like on a mid range or a long range shot. Like holy cow, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna name a player here, um, just because I know that he he improved a lot and he would he'd be able to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy Colin down at Cicero, um, I I definitely gave it to him in in film one time, and I was just like, Colin, you're taking yourself out of the play. Anybody here want to be like Colin? You can just ride the bench, and you know I was. I was the assistant coach for the program. So yeah. I didn't have any, I didn't have any like, you know, authority to bench a kid. Mm-hmm. But, um, as I said, man, you gotta, you gotta keep yourself in the play, keep your feet on the ground. You can, you can't move left or right if you're up in the air, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, one of those is leaving the feet on defense. Um, even under the basket too, man, like at a high school level, especially mm-hmm. most kids, are not going to be able to finish with a hand in the face and t- or two hands up, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you even see it with some college programs. I know that um, um, the Ramblers, Loyola. Uh, yeah. Who was the coach for him? He, he's at Oklahoma now. What's his name? Porter Moser? Um, yes. Yeah, Porter Moser. The guy The guy has this mantra. It's like ride the, ride the shoulder high, make them finish at the rim. You, you're not going to make somebody finish at the rim if you're – leaving the play by jumping at a ball fake or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's just like mine. you said too, like we're in high school. They're, they're high school kids. They're not out here going to, you're not Zion. My, my brother in yeah. Christ, you're not going <laughs> to jump a shot, like block a shot, dude. You're gonna... <laughs> my, my brother in Christ, you are not a D one athlete. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean a uh, quick update for me. I mean, I was, uh, I was working as a, um, teacher assistant at Archway Cicero. It's a great hearts Academy down in Scottsdale. Um, and with that, I got the opportunity to coach. I coached middle school girls soccer, which was an absolute blast. We were That's sick. We were, we were not very good at soccer. I'll tell you that much. Um, I had a few girls who had played before, but a lot who were really new to the game. And honestly, it was such a joy. We actually, mm. we spent the entire season just trying to score a goal. We played we played the best yeah. team in our league um the first game and I think we lost like 17 to 0. It was There's not a cap. It's soccer. Dude, I I can't explain it. It was bad. Well, we uh we definitely improved obviously over the season as every team typically does. Mm-hmm. But um we were still trying to find that goal. We played a couple of games where we ended up in a 0-0 tie where we lost 1-0, you know. Um we had some some balls bounce off the woodwork, you know. Um we actually make it into like this consolation game. Right. And, uh, we're playing uh trivium prep out in, um, the West Valley actually, which was a lot closer to where I lived in surprise than, uh, Cicero was out in Scottsdale, <laughs> where I was driving 50 minutes into work every morning. I was, Oh man, it was terrible. Good grief, man. Um, but anyways, so these girls, we, we were down like three zero or something like that. And there was legitimately three minutes left in the game. 
three minutes left in the season. And my center mid just breaks through the, the the back line of the defense and just buries it in the net. You could have not told those girls that they didn't just win the Super Bowl. It was incredible. That's, that's so cool. That's what that's what makes it worth it at the end exactly. of the day. Exactly. That's that's where that's where the joy from coaching is. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be good, but if you're enjoying, you know, accomplishing even those little accomplishments, man, it yeah. really goes a long way in the lives of those kids. Um, but I also it really got the does. it really yeah, does for sure. and, yeah, in a story, um, also I also coached like this like sixth grade boys team just because they needed a volunteer coach. Oh yeah, volunteering. I mean, that's the fun stuff too. That's the fun part, right? I didn't get yeah. paid for that season either. <laughs> um, but I had this one player, his name was Will something or another, right? Like very short. I love the kid. Amazing kid. Just one of my favorites. Just worked hard, just did not have an athletic bone in his body, right? <laughs> Could not move to save his life. Sure. Will, if you're watching this in the future or listen, whatever. Uh, but I had another player. His name was Will Kennard. Okay. Okay. Amazing player. That kid's going to go someplace one day. Nice. Right? So we're winning. We're up 20. I go, I go, I tell the Wills, I'm like, Will, I'm going to put you in. Will, you steal the ball and dribble, dribble, dribble until Will uh, Manis is open and you pass in the ball for a layup. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, okay, deal. So on the inbound pass, Will, the, the good Will, picks up the ball and just goes. He steals the pass. And I hear the other coach just yelling at me. He's like, are you effing kidding me? What is this? What? And he's just letting me have. I'm like, I'm, I'm like just go score. Score. Run the play. Score. You're, you're like, they're sixth graders, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, chill. And guess what? So Will passes it. He hits the bank shot. And he just bursts out in tears. Like, oh. our like we just like the whole bench explodes, like the people, the parents were standing and cheering and the guy, the other coach, right. Mm-hmm. It's amazing feeling, heartfelt feeling comes over to me <laughs> and starts poking my chest. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's like, how dare you do that? This we guy. are playing. I'm like, dude, it's, it's sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are legitimately 12 years old, my friend. Please Look at that relax. Kid. <laughs> oh man, I tell you what. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible, dude. You gotta love it. But yeah, I actually also got to uh I coached a couple of middle school seasons with Cicero. First year we struggled quite a bit. I actually tried to have these kids running continuity ball screen, and I was just like, This is all I really know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then you know, they actually got it down pretty well, won a couple games, but um, we, you know, we were just, it was a new program and, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of experience on the team. So, but it was, it was a great time. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was so fun. Um, next season, I was actually asked to join the varsity program as an assistant. Um, shout out to my guy, Rafiq Henderson, uh, head coach at Cicero. Uh, really appreciate that opportunity. And those guys down there at Cicero were an absolute blast to play with. They, uh, they faced some adversity through the middle of the season. Um, seven straight losses, I think after Christmas break or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And then we, uh, we finished the season with like a, a seven and two, um, stretch and we actually made the state tournament, which was awesome. Um, went and played the, uh, defending state champions. I think it was a uh, North Phoenix Christian or something like that. And we beat them in every single quarter, except for the second quarter. 
which they beat us by 20 and, and so we yep, that would happen. Like <laughs> but no it was awesome i finished up my time at cicero coaching uh the middle school program again and we got we got a lot more experience um that season and we actually won a playoff game we went to another we, we moved on in the playoffs and um we actually lost after going down 10-0 to start the game. We actually lost by three or something like that. And we had a chance to win it. So Drew up an inbounds play at the end of the game. And um, you know, it was it, they ran it to perfection. My shooter got it in the corner. And you know, it just sometimes the ball falls, sometimes it doesn't. And yep. it is what it is. Those boys were heartbroken, but um, I was super proud of them because they they fought tough through that game. So yeah, I remember I came to watch a couple of your games, I think over Thanksgiving break at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At the uh the small ball Thanksgiving tournament over there at Tempe Prep, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. No, you watched us play, I think team. Lincoln Lincoln Prep, maybe, or was it Sequoia? Mm-hmm. Did you watch us win or lose? Um, I came to two games and you lost you split. You split. Okay, so you probably watched us play Lincoln Prep first and we beat them by I think fifteen or something. Okay, that yeah, team I actually ended that. up being really good. They um I think they beat us both times in the regular season. They, they, they have a really good coach down there. I think his name yeah. is Aaron Foshi or Aaron Foshi. Great coach down there. But mm-hmm. then we played Sequoia and they just, they beat the brakes off of us. They, <laughs> they're a division. <laughs> they're actually, um, so we at Cicero were one, a, um, Sequoia was two, a, okay. and they had just some very athletic kids and, uh, they, yeah, they beat the brakes off of us. And then we ended up, um, we ended up playing them in the regular season and they were missing one of their guys and we destroyed them. So a little bit of payback. I don't know. We were happy to win the game though. So yeah, that's amazing, yeah. dude. But yeah, so my time at Cicero and in Phoenix ended when I decided to move back to Montana, take an athletic director job at Helena Christian school. Um, that's where I went to high school and uh, just kind of doing my best to keep everything organized there. It's, it's been tough, <laughs> but uh, I I'm uh I'm assisting the girls basketball program. Um, we got high expectations this year and I'm really looking forward to it, but, um, we are probably 20 minutes into this thing and we haven't even spoken about GCU basketball. Is that what this is about? Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. That's- my bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> well, like I said, it has been a long time since we've done this podcast. I think we only did like 11 episodes when we, uh, uh-huh. when we started in 2018, 19 season, I was uh I was actually listening to all those episodes this it was either this week or last week I can't remember but um I just couldn't believe who who the players were on the team what was going on in the whack who was in the whack dude everything has changed I mean I we it's were talking so about different. we were talking about like Tim and Mike Finky bro I oh my gosh yeah Robert Blumberg's uh, on the team bro yeah. oh my goodness this is and, when uh, Dan Marley was still a coach too and we're oh, running like even... a weird isolation pull Dude. up game <laughs> oh my gosh man don't even get me started I I I drank the Kool Aid the first two years that I was at school at GCU. I was we all like, did. Dan Marley's the guy. Dan Marley is the dude. And then I actually started coaching. I was the assistant at Phoenix uh, Christian mm. in my junior year. And I started seeing some stuff like obviously college programs are way, way, way more talented, way more mm. different systems or you, you can't really compare them. But there were just things going on. And I was like, this is not awesome. <laughs> um, it, it is interesting once you actually start coaching and playing. Because when we were in college, we were playing at intramural, right? But like, Which was garbage. Which was garbage. We were so bad. <laughs> Good job, baby. Let's go. 
Um, but like, even like coaching and playing now, because I play in like adult league here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just so different when you're actually in the game. Well, and the game is so much easier now that I know more about the game, you know? Exactly. But, um, yeah, no, I was, that was actually, so 2018, 19, I think that was, um, actually Alessandro Laver's first season at GCU. That would have been his sophomore year. Sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. Because so he, he wasn't the phenom that he was yet, no, but he was no. still incredibly good because yes. Michael Finke came in as a transfer, a grad transfer that season. And, uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, <laughs> you know, Zach and I talked about it a few times. We were like, yeah, we got to we got to split with New Mexico state and not lose any other conference games. If we want even a chance at the one seed or the two seed in the tournament. I remember that. And you know what? Do you remember this year? Do you remember? Yeah. I'm season? looking up the roster right now. Uh, Carlos Johnson. Oh my gosh, dude, that guy. Uh, Oscar Freire was still a, like a sophomore at the time. Yeah. Rest in peace, my guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, we, so that roster was, Actually, like I remember a lot of those guys. Gerard but... Martin, do you remember him? Dude, he's my favorite GCU basketball player of all time. He is my favorite, and it's all because of when he took that charge, kicked his leg, his shoe flew off. It just created this like tradition of every time somebody drew a charge, everybody's shoes would come off, and it go charge. You know, that was that was the stuff, man. I oh, Damari Milstead. Dude, okay, we if we keep going on this, we're never even gonna get to two thousand. I'm sorry, yeah, we're on. No, the no, road. no, I know, D- Damari. I, dude, that guy, he transferred and then he transferred again. I, I don't even know. He might still be on roster somewhere. As like, oh a yeah, you think season. COVID years and stuff? I'm gonna look him up. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh... do you do you know how that season ended? Do you remember how that season played out? We lost in the WAC championship game to we New did. State, right? We did. And we had actually so the the weekend before um the tournament, we actually went to Utah Valley or I think it was Utah Valley, but we ended mm-hmm. up going on a road trip and lost both of the games. And then we uh we played in the WAC tournament and, and we actually had Utah Valley in I want to say the semifinal and we beat them and I was like, "Oh my gosh." this we might we might do it <laughs> and uh it was actually my my friend austin he uh we were having his bachelor party in um in las vegas that year at the same mm-hmm. time as the WAC tournament so we we drove up we went to the championship game and oh man dude that was when we got absolutely destroyed by new uh, mexico state mm-hmm. it was it was a bitter end no, I remember that vividly um, because 2018-2019 was when I started working with like different high schools because I was a high school youth pastor at the time. So I started yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was looking at kids at home and they might go to GCU. And then I remember watching that game with my youth group kids. <laughs> Dude, it's a good – I hope they stayed and, you know, kept going to youth group with you because – I don't know if they would have if I was. If I, was there. <laughs> I actually, I actually made it on ESPN in that game in the student section. Me and Ryan. Did you actually? Yeah, I still have the screenshot of it. That's. Sick. I have too That's much. So I have cool. too much of an ego. I need to. I need to settle down. It's um, your background on your phone, isn't it, dude? Ah, dang it! Now I got to change it. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So I guess we've looked back on 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 the. I guess I don't want to call them the golden days or the good old days. 
because I mean, as you, as you know, we all have the best um, is in front of us, dude, with this program. Dude, like, absolutely. That's what I'm best saying is in front of us. But my question for you is which one of yeah. these games would have meant more to you as a fan okay. and the program if GCU had won it? And you, okay. the first option you can choose either or okay. December 13th, 2020 versus ASU or December 9th, 2021 mm-hmm. at ASU. Both games were close. Both games we lost. Yeah. Honestly, I think the one where we hosted ASU. Okay. Just so, because, because like we traveled pretty well to ASU. Yeah. You know, and I just think, I just, can you imagine the GC arena? In of itself, it's yeah. just sight to behold during game. Right? Unfortunately, that was the, that was during COVID. Oh, that's right. I okay. You're does right. that change your decision? That does. So they one hundred percent the twenty twenty one. So you'll take twenty twenty one at ASU. So we've settled yes. between those two. Okay, so you're gonna choose from these three now. Would you take twenty twenty one at ASU? Okay. March twentieth, two thousand twenty one versus Iowa. Remember, Ooh. we would have played Oregon after that game in the NCAA tournament. Or March 11th, 2022, the last conference game we've played, WAC tournament semifinal versus New Mexico State. We would have played Abilene Christian afterwards. And I would assume, since we destroyed them in the regular season, that would have been our second tournament berth in a row. And they couldn't even make the tournament because they were still such a new program. I don't, I, they might have been able to because they were actually a D1 program before they just switched conferences. Oh, okay, okay. But regardless, regardless, New Mexico State ended up going on. So, where are you taking 2021 at ASU, yeah, 2021 really versus Iowa, a tournament win, or versus New Mexico State, which would have led to hopefully, as we, I mean, we would like to speculate, an ACU win and taking us to our second tournament in a row? Which one are you picking? Dang, bro, that's a tough, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, because the ASU one, if we won at ASU, that would just mean a lot. Just like, hey, Pac-12 team, like, hey, look at us now, you know. The uh, To beat New Mexico State just always feels good just because I can't stand New Mexico State, you know. Hate them. Hate them. Um, so that one, I would probably have to go, though, with the Iowa game because we were a 15 seed that year playing we the two seed. And can you imagine just the national hype of a 15 seed? He's like, we remember we Missouri years ago was a two seed and lost. Duke yeah. years ago was a two seed and lost. And we remember Kentucky those. versus St. Peter's last year. St. Peter's last year. That Dude, was crazy. We could we could have been the St. Peter's that St. Peter's has already been. I, I, that didn't even make any sense right there. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, but, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You cannot trade off a tournament win. And it wasn't like, yeah. even though the, all those games were in uh, Indiana, it was kind of a different coach. COVID kind of tournament mm-hmm. we still had 200 havocs there at the game you know yeah and, it was crazy and you know, it, i was like still coming out co- or first year out of covid yeah yeah my boy josh my, my boy josh gillespie was one of the havocs leaders that year and they mm-hmm. flew out uh, he said i think they flew like early in the morning and didn't get back until like 3 a.m from indianapolis it was like a straight up like 29 hour day for them or something like that crazy yeah. stuff and it so, would yeah. also help to one of my best friends uh michael uh he's he graduated from iowa um, and him and i watched that game together and we <laughs> put like a gentleman's bet i'm like dude if gcu finishes within like 15 <laughs> which they did bro which they, they did and he they was lost yeah. by like 
eight, right? Or was because it? Because that was the year they had. What was the big guy that's now in the league? Osborne um, Midgard or something? No, I was guy. Going, oh, 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 oh! That was a uh, Luca Garza. Luca Garza, national player of the year that year. And we like it was not. It was not a blowout by any means. Like Iowa did control the whole game, but it mm-hmm. was never. A thing where GCU didn't have an opportunity to make a comeback, and yeah, it was a, it was a close final. So and no, Keegan I'm with Murray you, was a freshman on that team. Yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty good team that we stayed within. So I would have, I would have liked that win. I would have maybe that gone and beaten Oregon better. after that, dude. <laughs> Doubtful, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this season, um. Yeah. We've played a couple games already. Um, we'll hop into actually mid-major top 25 before we uh, cover the games that have happened already. So in the mid-major top 25, a couple of notable things. GCU is the highest ranked team uh, in the WAC in the mid-major top 25. Yeah, They're voted at number 14. They were actually number 11 last week. Um, I, I think that was also the preseason polls. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're 14 now after that loss to Nevada. New Mexico State started the season at 22. They are now number 25. Mm. Um, here's one. Uh, Sam Houston State was unranked. Uh, I don't even think they were receiving votes. No, but they beat, um, was it Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah, Sam Houston State beat Oklahoma, and now they're 18th in the mid-major top 25. And then other teams in the WAC that are receiving votes – um, Abilene Christian, Stephen F. Austin, mm-hmm. Seattle U, um, even Grambling, which deservedly so since they beat Colorado. Yep, yep. Your, your buffs. That's <laughs> my buffs. Yep. <laughs> Grambling is now receiving votes. So, um, and then also uh, Montana State, as I I would like to call them, Cal State Bozeman or mm-hmm. Bozeman Community College. Um, they are receiving votes. Um, and they're out of the big sky. They're they're picked to win the big sky. They won it last year, and GCU just beat them with an amazing comeback. So yeah, no, they really yeah. did. That game was actually really cool to watch. I was watching it with a buddy of mine, mm-hmm. and he he went to CU Boulder, so he didn't really care much about the game. But I'm out here watching, yeah. and then we're down 19 at halftime. He's like, "Bro, this is trash, dude. Why are we watching this game?" Dude. And I'm like, it was I don't know, dude, because it's kind of fun. And I like to support GCU. I work for them now. And yeah. it's like, I, I watch almost every game that they play. And then we use it. We're talking. I look at the score. I'm like, oh, crap, dude. We're down nine, dude. <laughs> and we end up actually <laughs> winning the game, which shocked me. Listen, I – we'll get into that in a little bit. I, yeah. I have I have some some opinions about that game. I love it. Um, but before before we get into that, I'm also gonna take a peek at Ken Palm ratings. Ken Palm, I'm a big Ken Palm fanboy, I guess. Um, you know, it's it's got it in the title: Advanced Analysis of College Basketball. Does a great job of ranking teams um, by efficiency. You know, um, has has a bunch of stats and stuff. And actually, I'm using this for for basically everything we're doing in this podcast. But um. Ken Palm rankings. Uh, GCU is the highest ranked team in Ken Palm in the mm-hmm. Western Athletic Conference at 108. They were actually in the top 100 to start the season, and that loss to Nevada dropped them down. Nevada was, I think, 121 when we played them. 
So uh, bummer of a loss, but it is what it is. Um, Abilene Christian is the next closest team at 127. So we got 19 spots above them. Yep. Utah Valley at 138. Sam Houston State at 142. And then the defending WAC champions for many years. Yeah. Pretty low. New, New Mexico State 144. And they have a different coach this year. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can remember his name. Um, Greg Heyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're um, also transferring a lot of players too. Like it's a pretty new they team. They are. Well, that's because that's also um probably in part uh due to Chris Jans getting hired at Mississippi State. So yeah, yeah, he, uh, he moved up. Um, but I'm really interested to see how New Mexico State and uh I guess they they don't like us calling them rivals, but I mean who else we got here? I guess yeah, Baptist, but um, who we would consider our rivals, New Mexico State. How this all, um, how this all pans out during the season. Um, the last couple teams that are in the top 150 for Ken Palm in the Western Athletic Conference: Stephen F. Austin at 147, and Seattle U at 149. Um, a couple of other teams that GCU plays this year who are in the top 150 for Ken Palm ratings: North yeah. Texas. I didn't even. I didn't even realize this team was highly rated, but they are number 76 in Ken Palm. Okay. And I'm a little skeptical because they've lost a couple of games, actually. Yeah. Um, no, they lost to St. Mary's. And it was not it was not close. Granted, St. Mary's is a top 20. It's a pretty good team. team. Yeah. But they beat them 63 to 33. Like an absolute beatdown. Um and then they also beat some like NAIA schools, South, Southern Nazarene. So yeah, North Texas, we'll see how they pan out. Um, we're really not going to be able to see them play anybody notable until they play, I guess, Grand Canyon. I guess they play Fresno state um, yeah. coming up here on Saturday, but okay. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how that pans out. Um, so we got North Texas at number 76 in Ken Palm, um, Wyoming at 80. Okay. Um, a team we lost to last year. Were you at that game? I was at that game, actually. Man, that, that was, was the game you and I – oh, I didn't go with you, but we saw each other at that game. Yeah, yeah, we hung out for just a little bit. No, that was um, that was a bummer. That was ugly, they bro. Ended, they that ended, ended up being a, They ended up being a tournament team, and they actually – did they beat Indiana in that play-in game? No, I think they lost. No, they lost, but it was a good game, though. Well, and you know, I I was frustrated with that because Wyoming was just they've lived through their post. They lived and died, and yeah, they did not deviate from that whatsoever. And it was actually agonizing basketball to watch. Not necessarily the GCU game, but the the Indiana game, especially. Mm-hmm. That was holy cow. Um, and then Wichita State at one hundred two. Um. Those are teams, those three teams, North Texas, Wyoming, Wichita State. GCU plays all of them within the top 105. So um, if you were to circle a game on the schedule that isn't New Mexico State, home or away, which one would it be? So I'm going to give you a couple answers because I was thinking about this earlier this season, right? Okay. Um, probably the one that's new to me is this grambling game that's coming up on this, uh, well, this is Friday. Okay. Are and we really, are we really going to respect grambling this much? Okay. Hear me out. I just want to just, just, just listen. 
Okay. I'm listening. Okay. So I'm this big CU fan, big CU fan, big buffs guy, big buffs guy, which is football is, is agony for you. I watch every game though. And it, yeah. Anyway. Um, so CU loses a grambling, which is just a terrible loss because we're like, what the heck CU? You just signed like a laughing into guy. the microphone over here. Everybody who's listening to this is like bleeding at the ears. Anyways, continue. Sorry, am I yelling too loud? No, no, me. I'm I'm laughing into the microphone. Oh, okay, just... okay. Um, <laughs> so, which is a terrible loss. Like, what the heck, CU? What are we doing? I was so pissed. Then CU turned around in two days, beats number 11, Tennessee. Dude, maybe right. Grambling is a top 25 so, team. And we just, just don't know that. Just by law, okay? Not by law, but like, just like the transitive property. Right? Sure, sure. So Grambling is technically right now better than Tennessee, okay? Just by technically. The On the myteamisbetterthanyourteam.com, yes, absolutely. Yes. So if GCU beats Grambling. <laughs> GCU is better than Tennessee. And Tennessee beat Gonzaga in a pay-per-view <laughs> exhibition in, yes, they did. In Frisco, Texas. So by transitive property, if GCU beats Grambling, GCU is better than Gonzaga. Yes, it is. Dude. <laughs> National <laughs> champs. Are we on our National own? champs. Put it in the books. Where's my DraftKings log? Like I'm up circa 2019 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that game, I did not, I could not have cared less about that game until yeah. CU lost to Grambling. Sure, sure. So you got you got Grambling circled on the schedule. I respect well, it, man. I, you live in the moment. Live in the and, moment. And, and nobody can take that away from you. The other um, one, so after my little, you know, my little rant about prejudice and stuff like that, but sure. outside of Grambling, okay, um, and no New Mexico State games. Sure. Honestly, when we first play Sam Houston, because we're, okay. only, we're only playing them once this season. Sure. And, and that's a road game. Them. It's a road game, too. So they, yeah. they beat Oklahoma. They've crushed every, every other team they played. Um. I'm sure they'll come down to earth eventually, but this, I think that was, that's going to be before, before you move on, when you say they crushed every team they played, did you see what they did to Southwestern Adventist? Who, by the way, is not an NAIA school. They are not an NCAA school. They're in like the NCGCAA or something like that. It's Uh not a Juco, but it's almost a hundred point win, right? Like 120 to 33. Like, like they're playing against like, Bishop Sycamore out here. They're playing against intramural guys at GCU. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, Sam Houston. I I respect that pick, and and the other reason that I would say that's a great one to mm-hmm. circle. Um, GCU kind of got destroyed by Sam. No, no, they got they got destroyed by Stephen F. Austin last year. Yes, it was the it same was honestly- road trip. Yeah, it was it was between them. I just picked it because it was that's our first real road trip. Sure. Like game. Yeah. Yeah, we play at Wyoming, but I've been to Wyoming and their basketball stadium because my friend lives up in the White Laramie. Okay. Nothing to sure. be shocked at. But like Sam Houston, that's our first real road trip against okay. a pretty good team. You yeah. Know? Well, and and last year, so it was the same road trip. Stephen F. Austin just annihilated us. Um on the Thursday night game. And then Saturday we went to Sam Houston state and it was really competitive. I think we lost by 
probably one possession. I was actually watching University of Montana, my boys, the Grizzlies, down in Flagstaff against uh, NAU, and I was I was watching the GCU game on uh, ESPN Plus playing against Sam Houston State, and I just it was agony, man, seeing those boys lose two two games in a row. Texas trips, I, I you just. I hope it's not a thing this year, but it might be. And and with that, um, speaking of road trips, yep, I um, I have some archives to pull out. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Since you and I um, have been students at GCU, so we both, yep, we both went to. Uh, we were freshmen in 2016. GCU has had. Two winning records on the road. What seasons would you guess they were? Yeah, that's that, that was my next thing. Um, since 2016, I would assume the year we won the WAC. Yep, we okay. were we were five and one that year on the road. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, that's that's Wait, exactly what you look for. Six road games. That we played like 18 total games that year. That's true. Okay, I forgot about that. And typically, we play way more home games than road games. Yeah, that's true. Just because the junior. Anyway, so yeah, two two thousand twenty twenty one, um, five and one. So there you go. That was Bryce Drew's first season. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna assume not our freshman year because five and six, our freshman year on the road. Okay. I really want to put. Was it the year that we we that we did the the podcast eighteen nineteen eighteen nineteen? We were five and eight on the road. Ooh, bad guess, Jay. I'm just I'm I'm gonna save you the time, John Mark. Yep. It was yep. last year. Sir, oh, with Bryce Drew. I should have see Bryce Drew changed a lot of things. Here's the thing, though. We were on a basically stagnant road, like I guess mentality is like I, I don't know. When we were under Dan Marley, mm-hmm. our obviously Dan Marley was the coach before we started going to GCU. But while we were at GCU under Dan Marley, we went five and six, okay, three and seven, five and eight. Okay. And then, um, four and six. Huh? But under Bryce drew our, his first season, five and one. Now granted that was a COVID season and most, most arenas were dang near empty that season. Last year, however, and this is where my critique is going to come. Okay. We traditionally were bad on the road. Last year, we went six and five on the road. Mm. Keep this in mind, though. Okay. Two of our road wins were on a Los Angeles trip. Yeah, that's true. Against, I think, Pacific and LMU. And Mm. those are not conference games. We had a losing record in conference on the road last year. That is fascinating. And and when it comes down to it, man, like I, I don't want to be super hypercritical of anything here, but I mean <laughs> Okay. It's it's my nature. <laughs> <laughs> as long if as I've been your friend. That's... <laughs> listen, listen, listen. If if we want to be a team that dominates our conference, if we want to be what New Mexico State has been in the whack. You can't be having losing records on the road, mm-hmm. especially in conference play. Yep, I it's agree. A, you just can't have it. You, uh, I think so. That would put us at. I think we lost four conference games on the road last year. Honestly, that's not bad. 
That's because what we play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we went five and four then. No, no, no. Well, in uh in conference, I think we went um I'm trying to think. Cause we lost the home game against New Mexico State. Yep. So I think that would put us at either four and four or three and four. Okay. On the road in conference. Regardless. Um we we just we have to be a better. The standards have to be higher. Um and 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 I'll get into it a little bit more as we talk about the games that we've played already. Yeah. But um from what I've seen from GCU this year, we I don't have answers. I really don't. Okay. But I just I don't think that we are we can still win the whack. Yeah. I, I think we reasonably are the favorites. Mm-hmm. Um but we're not going to be dominant. I just I don't see it. Um yeah, I, I see that too. It's kind of difficult, especially when you're playing at home against Montana State. Now, granted, Montana State is, you know, projected to win the big sky, right? Yeah, yeah. And they have a fantastic post player. And honestly, my personal opinion, the biggest crutch that GCU's always had, or biggest weakness, excuse me, has been our post play. Like, Especially oh, especially on seasons outside of Asburn Metgard or however you that, pronounce his name. Yeah, because he was, he he was, was a phenomenal post. Phenomenal. But outside we never of had him, a good defensive anchor inside, you know. Yeah, and so it, and right I, now it's it right now it's even Yvonne or however you pronounce his name, Odriogos. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. I I have a hard time with him because really I can't I I can't evaluate defense in a in a live game. I'm yeah. I'm a lot better at seeing it when I'm watching on TV and since I'm in Montana now, it's a lot easier to see. But last year I was, I was a season ticket holder. I was at pretty much every game mm-hmm. and all I really could see and evaluate on that guy was uh, he just, I hate to be mean, yeah, but he was almost a liability with the ball in his hands. Cause it was like, you don't know if he's going to drop it. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, fumble the bag. Kind of situation. It was, yep. It was it was very frustrating, and every time he would get subbed in, and I hate to disparage the guy, I really do. Um, I know coaches love him and, and his teammates love him. Every time he came in, if I if there was somebody that I knew next to me, I say, oh well, here we <laughs> it's go. Gonna be a rough stretch. You said here. that to me. You said that to me at the Wyoming <laughs> game. You were like, well, because Wyoming was pounding us on the inside, right? So exactly. Here we go again. But yeah. I do have to say this year, like granted, small sample size. So as we continue to have these. Very small, yep. Change, um, 0.7 turnovers. So less okay. than one a game. Um, highest points so far, 90% from the field. Granted, because most of it's just layups and dunks, right? Because he's Which team. I would assume is better than last year, honestly. Which is tremendously better than last year it doubles what it was last year because because i think he was i think he was a three point something points per game kind of player last year and now he's yep. a six point something points mm-hmm. per game guy kind of guy this year and like you said small sample size um he probably didn't get a ton of minutes against san diego christian because that game was a track meet by mm-hmm. mid second half but i mean montana state and nevada those are quality opponents um yeah so yeah and so in the, in the big sky player of the year is that big guy from Montana State, the post. Oh, glasses boy. Yeah, glasses boy. Yeah. 
And honestly, he had a rough game. Like he, he put up 21 and something. Well, GCU is very solid defensively. Um, very solid. I think I had it up. Yeah, pull your team stop writing stat boy. You know, I'm 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 just cruising through Ken Palm right now. I'm not gonna find it, but um GCU has been, you know, very very decent defensively so far this season. They have um, been. They are 80th currently, 95.3 in the adjusted rating for Ken Palm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um offensively, it's been a different story. But I think we should we should probably just head into the games right now. Um yeah. Montana State. I was I was actually um at basketball practice while this game was going on, had a long conversation after basketball practice. So I ended up getting to my car when there was a minute fifty left in the game and I waited in the parking lot, which that last minute fifty was a long one hundred or one minute fifty seconds. <laughs> um but you know, GCU came out with the win. I was pretty stoked on it. Um, it was right around then when I was just like, "Hey, we need to get this win the whack podcast thing going again." And so I decided I was going to rewatch that game. I watched it. Okay. Um, on ESPN Plus, the replay. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were down nineteen in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were getting blown out of the water score wise in the first half. Right. Yep. Watching that game. I just think we had hopefully what I would say is an anomaly when it came to shooting, but like we were missing granted contested shots at the rim, but shots that these guys have made in the past and should be making um, at the rim. Not only that, but also, you know, um, going back to my old ways of the mid range jumper, um, I'm not as big on the mid range as I used to be because I understand basketball <laughs> a lot better than I used to. But I mean, uh, Blackshire has been pretty decent as a mid range shooter, especially pulling up at the free throw line. Um, he missed a couple of those in that first half against Montana State. Um, so it was it was a tough night shooting, and I guess I'm really getting ahead of myself, but it doesn't look like it's coming naturally to GCU. What they do offensively is nothing special. Um, What I saw was um, a lot of spread ball screen, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the way of college basketball these days, especially in the NBA, but college basketball is kind of moving towards that. Um, A lot of spread ball screen, a little bit of continuity ball screen. Um, What else did I see in there? Um, hey, I'll tell you what I noticed just from offensively. Okay. A lot of, like, and I'll I'll rag on the Dan Marley teams as much as I want to because it's got bygone era. But like one of the biggest things that disappointed me was how isolationist ball it was, you know? Yeah. And I will have to say, look more more passing, more ball screens, which I appreciate. 100 percent A basketball enjoyer, but just not a lot of off-ball movement, you know? Yeah. And, and that's just kind of what you're gonna get with. Um, with a spread ball ball screen yeah. kind of system is honestly the the biggest off ball movement you're gonna see other than um you know the screener coming up and setting a screen um at the high key or on the wing is mm-hmm. you're gonna see wings and corners replacing uh quite yeah. a bit and it just doesn't look like it's coming naturally to them and um another thing that I noticed is a couple times actually um mclaughlin he would catch a back screen from somebody and it's it's not quite quite a flex screen because it was set on the 
opposite, like the weak side um, elbow, but he would mm-hmm. cut down to the basket um, or cut down to the ball side block. Yeah. A couple times. And I don't remember who was holding the ball. I think one of the times it was Josh Baker. Um, it could have been um, his name's Harrison, right? Yep. I can't. I Regardless, yeah, Gabe yeah, Harrison, just, yeah. Harrison. Gabe McLaughlin just sitting at the block under the basket under after those screens, ball side. You know, the guy with the ball in his hands has to see it, and he's just yep. sitting out, down there grinning like the butcher's dog, ready to score, and the ball doesn't even get to him. And, and that's where that's where I'm curious is if this is not coming supernaturally, if it's not flowing well for these guys yet. And granted, it is early in the season but they're not doing anything special offensively. They're not like a Bellerman who, you know how much I love Bellerman. <laughs> they oh, don't, I do. yep. they, they don't dribble the ball. It's pretty incredible. I watched them beat Louisville the same night that we played um, against San Diego Christian. Regardless, yeah. GCU doesn't do anything special offensively. Mm-hmm. And our, our field goal percentage isn't great. Um, offensive rebounding isn't great. Yeah. Um, Three point percentage is very poor, and we we'll get into that in a minute. I I got a lot of gripes to talk about I'm, I'm with so three excited. point percentage. Um, <laughs> it's just our offense offense our offensive efficiency is not anything to hit home about. Um, defensively, we are good. We've talked about this already, mm-hmm. but when it came down to it. GCU had the shots against Montana State. They they got to the rim. They yeah. had open looks, and they just weren't falling. I agree. But, but guess what? Second half came around. We were those the shot. shots started falling. Yeah, and that's the way the game goes. You know, it really like, is. It's you runs. take the right shots, and sometimes it falls. Sometimes it doesn't. You know. Yeah. You just, I I will say I just think we lack also like a gravity. You know, Javon obviously is pulling his own, right? Yeah, absolutely. He, he can pull from the mid range. He has a for a for a very short for a short king. He has nice. He has a nice finish package, right? Sure, sure. You know, good, good, good passing, good, good vision. But there's no one else. Like when he's off, who's yeah. the one running the offense? Yeah. You know, like one hundred percent. If a defense hones in on him and we put him off as a distraction, who is, is it? Chance? No. Is it Harrison? Is it Josh? Like, well, don't 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 really count out Chance McMillan because he he's made some strides this year and he hasn't mm-hmm. had the minutes yet. Um, he I thought he was very decent last year. I think he's improved a lot this year, um, yeah. just based on basic offensive um, statistics that I'm seeing. Um, He's just not getting the minutes yet, and I don't know what it is necessarily. Granted, That's true. Early in the season, we we're gonna beat this dead horse. Um, I think Chance McMillan could be a real asset if we use him to his potential. Yeah. Um, but that's just one man's opinion, obviously. No, and I agree. He's only playing twenty-two minutes a game. Yeah. Which it does seem pretty low, actually, because him, oh, Kobe Knox. I honestly, I I think Kobe Knox is going to be, I think he's going to be pretty good. He gets more and playing see, time. Yeah. And see, I haven't seen a lot of those guys, both him and Josh Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Josh Baker is the, the guy that came from UNLV, correct? That is correct. And Kobe Knox is in his second year with GCU. He's a, he's a recruited mm-hmm. kid, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are. I think they're six and seven or seven and eight in our minutes list. Um, on on minutes per game. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're right. You're right, though. J- uh, Javon Blackshire, he... I just I'm afraid to see what the lopes are without him on the court, and it's a long season. It is. Yeah. You don't know when you're going to have him, when you're not going to have him. He's had a pretty good track record of being available. So, um, but when it comes down to it, if your point guard is your highest score, I'm always a little timid as both a fan as a coach. I don't know why. Maybe it's just yeah. preference. But I mean, I definitely get that. Distrib- distribution is something that I really look for in a point guard, but not my program. Right. So, yep. Yep. I'm with that. And I think the, I think the importance of players, right. Is the point guard in college, right? Yep. Because especially in college, if you have an experienced point guard that can just slow the game down or speed it up because he's played the game, you know? Yeah. And he's the one not turning over the ball a ton, like making the right plays, playing hustle, starting the fast break then I think you have a good team automatically. You have a good floor. Yeah. Where you make a great team from there, right, is your Mm -hmm. post play and your wing play, you know? Sure. And I think the second most important is your posts, right? Like if you have a good inside presence where, hey, nothing's working, our three-point shot's not falling, we're we're having a hard time getting the rim, if you you can feed the post and have them just get a bucket, right? Yeah. Then that that's what makes for a great team from a, from a good floor to a great team with a high ceiling. The our issue right now is our post his go to move is like this weird shot where it comes off of his forearm, like <laughs> through the basket. And you know what I'm talking about. Hey, no, you're disparaging him. We can't do that. I already said we're done on that. <laughs> we're done with that. But you but you know what I'm saying though. Like we need yeah. like he's getting better. And I thought he's he's a several like tremendously improved from last year. Big Big Ten player. He yeah. played in the Big Ten. Yep. Um, so yeah. So Odriogo, I I think he has intangibles that I'm not seeing that the staff really wants to lean into, and I respect that. Um it's like the old adage, you know. Um mm-hmm. when it comes to especially basketball, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmies and Joes. <laughs> and sometimes i'm like does, does, oh does gcu have the jimmies and joes to be playing yeah. um in the ncaa tournament we'll see we'll, we'll see. find out it's a long um, season so obviously all this is off a of three game sample so yes absolutely we'll know more once we uh beat grambling for national champions or yeah uh, yeah once we beat grambling we can be pretty confident that we are straight up going to be playing not in march nope in april in April. <laughs> um, San Diego Christian. Well, so so Montana State, we won that game 60 to 54. Mm-hmm. Um, San Diego Christian, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I turned on that game knowing what I was getting myself into. I, I kind of put it in. There was a couple of different games that night, you know, NBA was going. Bellarmine was playing. Uh, yep, yep, exactly. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna put it on, watch it, and then by like it was actually kind of weirdly close if, if i remember if i'm remembering properly like in the through the like halfway through the first half yep um san diego state christian was actually like they were hustling you know when you get a chance to play a team like that you hustle like you work hard yeah yeah um and so i was actually like oh, guys come on <laughs> come on guys what's happening um and then it just it's just a matter of seniority it's just a matter of athletes and at the end yeah. of the day we just have the athletes we're making the shots we were we were tremendously bigger than them we tremendously indeed tremendously. yeah 
men among boys type thing. <laughs> well, so yeah, you're right. That game was, I don't know if I would say too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, at least by halftime. I know that it was pretty close um, around the middle of the first half. I told my dad, he watched this game with me. Okay. I said, if this game isn't over five minutes into the game, it's concerning. Yep. <laughs> well, we ended up winning by 51. Yep. Um, that first half, yep. that first half, it was, it was the same old story as against Montana state, you know, spread ball screen, a little bit of continuity ball screen. Um, a lot of transition, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot of offensive rebounds. I'm looking at some of the plays, and it's like, Gabe, offensive rebound, made layup. <laughs> Chance, <laughs> offensive rebound, made layup. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, we were just destroying them on the glass. Yep. Um, I think that was like a 20-some game, 20-some point game at half. Um, second half came along. You know what actually had me laughing a little bit was, mm. I think we came out of a timeout or something on defense, and um. GCU sets up in a two, three, which I'm just like, are you kidding me? As we talked about earlier, we're like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they came out, they came out of the timeout in a two, three San Diego Christian literally looked like a deer in the headlights. They're like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. And then they called a timeout and <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like maybe a little bit of a chess move by, by coach drew, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was really funny because after that second timeout, the, the one that San Diego Christian took, um, GCU came back out in, in a man to man, and I was just like, okay, cool. Yep, this is a little, little, little bit of a show action. <laughs> I wonder if we would have actually stayed in a two three or if we would have like switched after one. I, you know, I, I don't know. It probably would have been a one possession thing, and it was just a, I, and you know, we were destroying them when, when yeah. that came out. Um, so I don't know, maybe a little gamesmanship. It, it, it is what it is. It was pretty funny, in my opinion, but, um, but yeah, no, defensively, speaking of which, um, mm-hmm. I want to kind of go back to the Montana State game really quick. Yeah. Um, did you notice how GCU was uh, defending ball screens? Um, were they, if I remember properly, now that game was like, I've watched so much basketball since then. Were they hedging them? They were hedging nope. them. No. Nope. So so primarily, if it was a ball screen on the wing, yeah. GCU was icing. And hmm. I'm, you know, this is, this is, big 12 basketball to the T um, yeah. it was, it was really big um, that year that Texas tech went to the final four. Oh uh, yeah. That, okay. Uh, they kind of, I, I don't want to say pioneered cause I don't know, but if, if I was a guy that was willing to make a statement that I didn't know anything about, I would say they pioneered the icing ball screens. Yeah. And now it's just, it's just big 12 prescription. Like it's everybody in the big 12 is, is icing ball screens. Scott yeah. drew down at Baylor. Um, Kansas is icing ball screens. Texas is icing ball screens. And um, I saw GCU doing some icing ball screens, forcing to the sideline and just kind of, you know, it, it was effective, I would say. Yeah. Um, If it was in the middle of the court, they were switching ball screens. Yeah. And, and typically nowadays, you're not going to see a whole lot of um hedging or hedging recover or blitz in a ball screen. Um I think San Diego Christian would have been a great team to hedge yeah, or blitz all against. teams were gonna play. Yeah if you're gonna blitz at some point and just <laughs> absolutely like, just like get in their face that would Esther be them. Yeah, yeah San Diego Christian was the team but yeah um I'm interested to see how that works out for them though. I 
I really enjoy watching uh, ice ball screens, especially yeah. um, especially with those Big Twelve guys doing it. Um, well, because it's an NBA thing too. Like a lot it's of it definitely is... become a, a big thing in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. They, you let them. Because like I wonder how it's going to play in the whack. Like as we go through more um, games and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I'm really interested to see when we play like a maybe even like a Wyoming or a Wichita State who have pretty good guard play. Yeah. You know how we if we continue to ice, I think we should continue to ice because yeah. defensively just helps so much more. Well, I'm also interested. I haven't watched much college basketball; I've just been so busy. Um, I've watched the GCU games. I watched the Bellarmine game. I I don't know if it's a primary thing in college basketball now where everybody's icing. I know it's a big thing yeah. in Big Twelve because I'm seeing a lot of it on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious to see if teams that are like Sam Houston State really good defensively like really yep. good i wonder if they're they're icing ball screens I, I i'm intrigued to see that um but yeah that san diego christian game um not much to write about there just you know uh, at the end of the game it started looking i think uh barry butel was saying it looked like a it looked like an aau game i was like you hit that on the nose it, it was actually kind of agonizing good. to watch shots going up seven seconds into the possession from the three-point yeah. line with no passes i was just like okay whatever but uh what's his name wallace um no one of our guys what broadcast team no 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 um players he's a bench player um i'm trying to think of his name right now but um hit quite a few three-pointers um walter you think about walter walter ellis yes Yes. yeah he hit a few three-pointers um just kind of pulling up off the bounce but um yeah, it, it definitely turned into a track meet towards the end of the game, and I kind of just signed off and watched the rest of the Bellarmine versus Louisville game, which was a, a better lot game, more, a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the uh, the Montana Grizz versus Eastern Washington football game on Saturday while GC was playing Nevada. It was yep, it was colder than heck out there. Um, but I'm not envy you. Yep. <laughs> no, dude, it was a blast, dude we beat them 63 to seven. Um, after all the smack talk that Eastern was given Montana last year, um, even after we beat them in the playoffs handily, yeah. um, it was nice to come and watch them. Like the Grizz just took the football out of them. It was awesome. But, uh, I wasn't able to watch the Nevada game because of that. You watched some of it. Um, yeah, I watched the first half. So I got, I got busy in the second half because my Saturdays just always seem to get away from me. Okay. Um, but in the first half, we were tied. If I, if like, if I 24, 24 and a half. Yeah. Which was like, A, goes into our point of a crazy good defensive team. Yeah. Right. Like, um, just the way that we're doing it. I, I've been very impressed. This game, what really shocked me because Nevada has good athletes, right? Yeah. Just because they play in the mountain, like they're, they're in mountain the mountain West, right? you know, a yeah. decent so, recruiting power over there. I wouldn't say yeah. Nevada is the cream of the crop when it comes to, <laughs> recruiting but it is what it is they, <laughs> well if you they, remember a couple of years ago they were tremendous right so yeah because we played got... them we played them at talking stick back when it yeah. was talking stick you know uh had an 11 point lead and end up losing them uh yeah. To them. But, yeah no nevada was good um and then and we so beat a couple them. things that impressed yeah. me were the the the, dif- the defensive rotations mainly okay. um, a lot of hustle because we're playing at nevada so automatically you're kind of you know any away game 
um, uh, kind of a basketball school like Nevada, it's going to mm-hmm. be a little tougher. So they just really showed a lot of effort. Was I like, I really kind of noticed and I liked, but it was kind of going back to what you're saying. We could not make a shot. We especially we could not make a three point shot. You know, sure. Especially come second half, which was different than like the Montana State game and stuff. Yeah. Um, is I watched through like the 15 minute mark and we were only down, like, I think it was like four or something at the time. And then 15 minute mark in the second half. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this right now. Um, it looks like we had the lead all the way up until 11, 11 minutes, 30 seconds left in the game. Um, we were up 36, 35. Um, yep. You're and then right. all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, 11 and a half minutes left in the game. Do you know how many points we scored after that? Um, I'm going to put like 10. <laughs> Ex- exactly 10. That's exactly okay. what we okay. had. 10 points in the last 11 and a half minutes of the game. <sighs> and we lose by 13 because of it. Um, it it's just it, our, our shooting percentage was 29.1 from the field. Mm-hmm. Um 21 from three and this is this is what what it comes back to is i don't know that we are that that we're going to be a championship team offensively Mm -hmm. um you know it's always been said defense wins championships but you got to couple that with a decent offensive efficiency offensive output um Especially yeah, if you want to be playing, case. yeah. yeah especially if case. you want to be playing as a 12 seed or even a 15 seed, I'll take it. I want to be playing in March. Yep. Um, but but we just have to. It has to be better. Um. So it looks really like shooting is what kind of, um, was our downfall against Nevada. Um, granted, we were missing Kobe Knox and Josh Baker, both out due to illness. Yeah, and Kobe Knox is that guy when it comes to shooting. So yeah. I think I think Coach Drew would have saw that, sure, and pushed him a little bit more to make because like Chance Chance made three threes. Chance is our, I think he's our highest percentage three point shooter. This, this I would not so be shocked. I think he's um, shooting fifty percent from the field. He is. He's like five for ten or something like that. Um, but yeah, those. Josh Baker, Kobe Knox, those are our, I think we said earlier, seventh and eighth guys when it comes to minutes mm-hmm. per game. Um, contributors, absolutely. Um, not available, but that's just the way of a basketball season. It's a long season. Yeah. Kids get hurt. Kids get sick. Because um, if you look at the minutes, if real fast, if you look at the minutes on the bench, we have a one minute, a six minute, a two minute, and an eight minute. We were running a six-man rotation. The only yeah. people were 20 minutes, excuse me, I'll even bump it up, 25 minutes were six people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's tough. It really is. But that's the kind of adversity you have to face as a program and mm-hmm. overcome to say, you know what, we have a dominant attitude. We have championship efforts. You know, um, it, it can't be an excuse, you know, and I'm not saying that it is for the program. Um, they lost a game. They're going to move on. And that's, that's really all there is to it. Um, we're playing grambling, playing grambling on Saturday seasons on the line right here. And if we, and if we win this game, dude, I can't even express to you the joy and jubilation that will be coming out of GCU arena. Um, I said, we're playing on Saturday. It looks like we were playing, playing on Friday, actually. I'll be at that game on Friday. Dude, let's go. Awesome. 
I'm I'm at that game and the Wichita State game. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, and that Wichita State game is on Monday. Hopefully, we can mm-hmm. get another episode out before that Wichita State game. Um, so we'll focus on that Grambling game. But Grambling, like we've said already, they beat they beat Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, Grambling plays in the SWAC. The SWAC is traditionally those kind of schools that GCU will have come play at GCU arena because nobody else will come play at GCU arena because they know yeah. they're going to at least risk losing a bye game or not a bye game, but uh, just losing a game against mm-hmm. a, a mid-major opponent. Um, and I think that comes from when we played Louisville um, and almost beat them. Yeah. With Donovan Mitchell in that squad. And- yeah. You know, and, and Rick Patino was still the coach before the whole fallout. And, um, you know, I think that really, put a lot of fear in the eyes of, of, you know, a lot of programs when it comes to playing on the road against grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, grambling, um, Mississippi Valley state FAMU, MEAC SWAC teams. Um, they're just the kind of teams that GC is going to get to play at GC arena. Cause nobody else really wants to play against them. And we've seen this over the years. We, we have yeah. them every single year, Alcorn state. We have another one of those, um, this year, um, so yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what grambling looks like against grand Canyon. You know, it's going to be a little bit hard to compare. There's always those weird games where a team that isn't supposed to win wins against a team from a power five conference conference. Um, so we'll just, I guess we'll see come Friday night. And, uh, when we hopefully, beat the brakes off of Grambling State, we can crown ourselves national champs. Step aside, Gonzaga. Step aside. Oh, Kentucky just lost. So step aside, Kentucky. So We're that would put national. who's number two in the nation right now? Um, so it goes UNC. Is it GCU? Or sorry, not GCU. Is it Gonzaga number two? Yeah, UNC's number one, Gonzaga's number two. So um Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought that Kentucky was ranked above Gonzaga, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a little bit nervous about the uh the kentucky versus gonzaga game because i have not seen anything impressive from gonzaga yet we'll see though we'll find we'll see we'll Um, see for those of you who don't know i'm also a gonzaga fan i have i have a lot of teams that i cheer for in college basketball unlike Mm -hmm. unlike college football i'm a montana grizzly through and through that's about it um i'm cheering for tennessee this year i would (laughs) i would like to see them get into the uh the college football playoff after the years and years of terrible football they've had. Um, yeah, they deserve it. If any they, team, and you know, dude, that that program is—they're just honestly so energetic right now. And here's yeah. the thing: anytime a team with a passionate fan base is good or finds revival or whatever it may be, it is so good for the sport. College yeah. basketball, college football, anything like that—it's so good for the sport. And uh, thankfully, we're not talking to anybody from the uh, the South because a lot of teams in the SEC hate Tennessee. Yes, they do. Like we hate Alabama. Um, yeah. They all hate Tennessee. But I'd like to see Rocky Top at least uh, at least make it into the college football playoff. But that'd be a nice story. Them and yeah. TCU. I'd like to see you. You know, and I I used to be a big old TCU fan when they actually won the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. I was like, heck yeah, dude! I'm the Warm biggest Andy. Till I die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the biggest Andy Dalton fan there is. 
Andy Dalton since I was a baby, you know? Um, but yeah, no, uh, but when it comes to college basketball, I mean, GCU, Montana, mm. Gonzaga, these days, Bellarmine. <laughs> no, I, dude, I still love me some Bellman, dude. dude yeah, they, yeah. Like, they're pretty high in the made mid major top 25, aren't they? Actually, they're actually just uh sneaking in with uh votes received. So they weren't in the top 25. Last year they were the team, so they're in their second year in division one. Yeah. Um, they play in the A Sun. And last year they won their conference tournament, but were not allowed to play because of the um you know whatever they call it the probationary period yeah, that you have yeah, to do yeah. gcu went through it i think our freshman year was the last year of pro- a probation for us but it was yeah yeah so yeah let's uh let's see what the bellerman knights can do this year um but yeah grambling state don't really know particularly much about them aside from the fact that they uh they beat colorado but um they have a really good point guard okay they have a really good point guard. So that's what also makes me excited to be there in person mm-hmm. is to watch their guard play against uh, Javon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, their name, their, their first guy, I can't, I am going to look like an idiot trying to pronounce his name. It's like Sean Darius. Sean Darius. That's not that bad, John Mark. Yeah, um, good job, John Mark. Yeah, he did. <laughs> third person. <laughs> he's pretty good. 16, uh, 16 points, four and a half assists. Um, pretty high turnovers, but with three and a half steals a game. Okay, that so, is that's pretty good output defensively. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. They don't have tons of like post play either. They have this guy, his name is Gordon something, and who just just destroyed CU's posts. You know, okay, shorter, um, like a shorter forward type guy. Okay, uh, so my so my kind of guy, I do love me a short forward. Uh, he's like six eight, six nine. Uh, but he's averaging like 11 rebounds, something like that, these past couple of games. Gotcha. I actually did have a couple of notes on uh, Grambling. I forgot I took them. Um, they're shooting 54% from the field. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> and, and frankly, the sample size is probably just the, the CU game uh, because their yeah. other game was against an NAIA school, uh, North Texas Dallas, who is NAIA. They beat them. 8257. Yeah. But um sample size they 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 shot 55 sorry 54% against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um 41% from 3. That's pretty good. That is pretty stinking good. Um also in that game against CU, they had four guys score 14 plus points. That sounds about right. They spread they spread the wealth pretty well. Um do you want to know what uh, did we already say this GCU's three-point percentage is 25% yeah, I think we mentioned that, but I don't think we really touched on that. I really think the Nevada game really destroyed our percentage. Sure, sure. Because we went five for twenty three or something like that. It like, was it was not good. I think I think we said that was twenty one percent from three. Yeah, and, and I kind of actually want to get into this discussion. Okay. Okay. Three points. Uh, three point shots. Noah Bauman. Is this what you're passionate about now? It's no longer mid range. The three point game now. Listen, three point. No, it's it's not. You got to get to the rack, man. Um, the three point shot, though. Um, okay. Obviously, great off of a kick out. Great off of a pick and pop. Um, regardless, this guy we got, Noah Bauman, mm-hmm. um, fifth year senior. He played um, two years at. Where was he? He played one year at Georgia. 
uh, two years at uh, San, San Jose State. Okay. Um, and then one other year he played at, let's see here. I want to say it was another um, Power 5 team. So he played at San Jose State, USC, and Georgia. USC, yes. So he played at San Jose State for two years. He was at yep. USC for one year. Georgia, another year. In his four years, he, four out of four, uh, was over 40% from field goals. Okay? Yep, yep. Um, In four years, um, he was over 35% from three-point range. Okay. Okay. Three of those years, he was over 40%. Yep, which is amazing. That's incredible, right? Yep. Um, this year, again, small right? small sample size. Small sample size. Um, actually, it's actually better than 16, thankfully. Um, oh, okay. He's shooting 28% from the field. Okay. 17 from three-pointer. That's just, oh, holy cow, like what happened? Now, obviously, it's, it's probably... Um, you know, the fact that we have some pretty decent shooters, we, we do a lot of, um, spread ball screen, a mm-hmm. lot of pick and roll continuity and GCU, I wouldn't say has ever been an incredible three point shooting team, Mm-mm. but you got to think bringing a guy in who has been exceptional yep, from long range. Hopefully that, you know, factors in and, you know, brings the percentage up for the team not the team bringing the percentage down for the guy yeah. this is exactly what we're looking at right here so i don't know yeah. again early in the season we'll see how it plays out you, you um, have to think it's going to bounce hey here's i i am this is also another my like coaching philosophies i am just like a, a percentage guy at the end of the day like your you know percentage what, has you know what to, they say john mark stats what? are for nerds okay yeah, you, you know, know what I you know what i say to like, that what i say to that Forget that, man. I love stats. This is the best, this is <laughs> the best form of being a nerd you can possibly be. <laughs> I, I was always tell it's like, just it has to average yourself out. Obviously, you're going to get hot. Obviously, you're going to get cold if you get in your head. Yeah. Like, the guy shot 40% from three, three of his four years. Yeah. Like, not and, just 40%. Two of those three years where he was over 40%. Yeah. He was over 45%. And those were off of like like multiple attempts. It's not like he's sitting there in a corner taking one three game. No, exactly. He wasn't like uh whatever his name was for um for the heat when, when LeBron was there. What was his name? Um, oh uh, Shane. No, it's not Shane Battier. It's Ray Allen. No, no. Okay, maybe I'm thinking Cleveland. Who played with them in Cleveland? Kyle Corver. Corver, yes. That's that's the guy. Yeah. Kyle Corver just literally feet cemented in the corner of the court. <laughs> he didn't, he I don't, I don't know if that's what Noah Bauman's role is. I don't, I haven't seen any film on the guy. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just picking on a guy for absolutely no reason. No, I, I have, I have faith. I, he, like, 17% his, his, his form is okay. His form is good. He, it, obviously his form is amazing. He's in college. He's a division. But player, he's, yeah. he's gonna, well, John Mark, slow down. Just because you're in Division One doesn't mean your form is good. I watched some Montana Grizzly <laughs> basketball last year, and there was this guy. I don't, I don't remember his name. I'm glad I don't because I would have said it on accident. Literally the most broken jumper I've ever seen in college <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Anyways, continue your thought. My, no, my- yeah. So he, he's getting the right shots. It's just going to have to fall. Plus, you got to get used to playing in front of the GCU crowd. Like, true, as true. much as we like to, like, hey, 
The Havocs are amazing. And that's one of the biggest selling points is the Havocs, right? Tough 100%. to play in front of opponent. But also, I think what's underrated is how intimidating it can also be to be the home to be the home team. 100%. Playing this Listen, this is Georgia the Havocs, anymore. Because if you're not playing well. Yeah. This isn't Georgia anymore, like, buddy. We have fans. We care about our <laughs> basketball team here. <laughs> this, is, this isn't this isn't San Jose State anymore, buddy. We have fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually have fans showing up to the basketball games, and so it's going to take him some time to get used to playing to the crowd. And like when, when he when he gets hot, I'm excited for this one game. I'm praying yeah. it's gambling. He's going to get hot, and the arenas is going to be just popping just because he's going to be a flamethrower. That's what I'm talking about. I, I, I love your I love your positive outlook on this. I'm I'm a I'm going to lean into that. Okay. I'm pretty high on the season this year. So if you ask okay. me, I'm pretty high on the season. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Big. I time. like this balance we have here. You know. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, speaking of the Havocs and GCU Arena. Yeah. Um, I know this has been mentioned both on air during basketball games. Um, it's been mentioned in circles. Um, do you think? And GCU has never been an incredible team from the stripe um mm. do you think that the arena going completely silent during free throws actually throws them off now this is all this is all speculation this is all yep. you know superstition what do you think oh 100 i think, think it so? 100 throws them off because like i'm only envisioning <laughs> myself in those kind of situations right i'm like sweating yeah <laughs> And I'm over here, like, it's just one thing if it's loud. Like, I just realized when it's louder, when it's more people doing things, it's a lot easier for me to focus, right? Yeah. But when it's dead silent and I know that everyone's paying attention to my every move, I'm like, okay, what if I accidentally fart right about the free throw line? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, there's all this stuff that I'm thinking of, you know? Deep, deep thoughts with John Mark here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder if I wonder if GCU players, if they go to bed at night and have nightmares about free throws in GCU arena. Honestly, can you admit because like when you miss, you can hear an audible oh, oh. lopes up. Oh. oh you know, like I yeah, no, I can't imagine. Um maybe we need to start a petition um where we have the, you know, you know, we have not just that, we have the Havocs being absolute psychos under the basket while we're shooting free throws. Yeah. And then go <laughs> dead silent when the other team is shooting. <laughs> we just need some background noise. If they just turn and talk to their neighbor, honestly, like they're not paying attention. That's exactly. This is like everybody turn away. Like when we do the uh, the starting lineups for the opposite team, just mm-hmm. turn around and everybody start talking to your neighbor. <laughs> Or, or 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 we start singing um we start singing the fight song let's fight for <laughs> can you imagine other teams just thoughts if all of a sudden we all turn around on our own team's free throws we all just turn our backs Dude, to them? i i think it would be a sight to behold honestly and i'm i'm i mean in, i'm intrigued as to what the outcome would be and at this point i am ready to put up a petition what's the what's the change.org or whatever yeah we we need to put something out okay we need to let we need to let um bryce drew know we need to know or we need to let the the president of the havocs know know, from the top down baby this guy this guy i think he i think he would think on the same wavelengths as us i think this seems this seems almost foolproof at this point and honestly you you can't be any worse than what gcu has been from the line no, and you know I mean, what you we could. should do? We should ask each player how they would prefer 
<laughs> the havocs to do, you know, like what if like chance is over here? Like, yeah, I like the lopes off. It helps, you know, like, yeah. Silent. Yeah. But then like Gabe's like, yeah, no, just don't look at me. <laughs> just don't, don't, don't look at me. No, no, that, uh, this is actually, this is a worthwhile conversation. I really appreciate that. I'm going to talk to Bryce Drew when I go you, to watch. The you game. really should. You really I should get, get right in his ear and just be like, Hey, Hey bud, let me know what's, what the thought is okay hey, bud. um last last thing that i really have written down here um yeah. so one of the cool things about my nerd website ken palm um is they have your average d1 experience oh um in your personnel so gcu um division one experience uh-huh. 3.08 years of division one experience that's incredible like that's, that's a lot good. of division one experience. I went back and I looked at all of the winners of the WAC tournament over the past few years. Um, yeah. Every single year that New Mexico state has won it since you and I were in college, mm. they've been under two years of D one experience on their team. Really? Yeah. Like significantly. Some of them were like 1.5 years. That's and, um, fascinating to me. And I'm just, I'm just curious that I, that probably comes with the, the transfer portal kind of situation that we're seeing in college athletics now. Yep. GCU seems to be one of those. I, I'm not going to say it actually. GCU seems like one of those places where a lot of people want to transfer into. And I don't know if that's something that I'm, I'm thrilled about. Um, but I mean, it's, I guess it's a good thing that people want to come play for us, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. I think the easier it is to get people in because then once we start also like winning the whack consistently and like all these things and we'll get when, like, yeah, when it is going to happen this year, putting in stone, that's John yep. Mark's bet for you. It would really, it would be really awesome to send New Mexico state out and not winning the whack. Well, that's also nice for working for GCU now too, is they fly you out to like the whack to the dude attorney come on dude so they, i'm pumped <laughs> they got you hooked up man that is legit awesome super pumped but yeah so that's the thing so i think once we get better then obviously like when we get more consistent and everything then higher level transfers will come in you know oh yeah like oh, it yeah. was amazing when we got um oh what was is uh the big guy um osborne metcard uh, yep yep when we got metcard, metcard. That changed our whole season because we yeah, have. That's a, why we won. That's why yeah. we won. So he was, I think it's really good that we have three point what three point zero eight years of yeah. experience. Three yeah, three years of D one experience average on our roster. Like yeah. that's it. That's actually like, and maybe, maybe that bodes well for us. Maybe it doesn't matter. Who knows? But yeah. I, I I was very intrigued by it. So to end this thing, we are going to have you pick the winners for every game um, or every upcoming game okay. for whack teams. Okay. Are you ready? Whack teams. Okay. I'm going to save GCU for last. Okay. Yep, so I'm Abilene Christian's next game is against Wright state. Okay. Abilene Christian. Wright state is currently 190th on okay. Ken Palm. Okay. Um, Wright state. Wow. Um, lost to Davidson in t- second overtime. And Ooh. Davidson is, 112 in Kempom. Okay. They beat Louisville by one and they beat Bowling Green by nine. <clears throat> so they're playing Abilene Christian, who lost to Texas AM by 21. Nope, 19. Okay. They beat Jackson State by nine. 
and played this team McMurray and beat the brakes off of them. So, what is your who who, who you got winning this game? Right, uh, Abilene Christian. You know, I'm gonna go with Wright State. Actually, okay, interesting. Yeah, I my my first gut right. I said it was Abilene Christian, right? Sure, sure. But I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's a home game. It is. It is a home game for Abilene Christian. You know what? I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna go with my original gut. I'm gonna go with Abilene Christian. Okay. That's reasonable. I think that win over uh, Louisville for Wright State was probably a fluke. Yeah. And also, I don't think Louisville is all that good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. So I'm going to go Albert and Christian. Okay. Utah Valley is hosting Morgan State. Morgan State is 300th <laughs> in Ken Palm ratings. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even gonna read these. Yeah, two. don't even read it to me. I'm gonna take Utah Valley. You're gonna take Utah Valley. That's a good choice. Uh, Ken Palm's given them an 81 percent chance to win that game. So there you go. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Sam Houston State um, Sam is Houston. going to Utah. Ooh, on never Thursday. Hmm. Okay, so Sam Houston, we've already know what they've been able to do this year. Utah um, beat Idaho State by 12. Idaho State's in the Big Sky, not anything to hit home about they beat cal state bakersfield um a throwback for the whack uh, they beat them 72 44 like a yeah big beat down cal state bakersfield not ranked very high in ken palm and then they beat liu um also by a significant margin 342nd in the ken palm ratings so utah doesn't really have much of a gauge for us at the moment yeah i'm gonna go utah just out of the Pac-12 and the talent there, yep, okay. you know, is just and I, I like Sam Houston's win against Oklahoma. Do I also think that was kind of a fluke? Maybe. Also, Utah higher level elevation. Their student section is actually pretty good at Utah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go with Utah. Okay. Cool. New Mexico State. This is actually a big one. This is their. This is their rival. This is the one that they actually hate. They don't hate us. They just think we're the annoying little brother. Which, um. Maybe has its merits. <laughs> we'll see after this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see when you don't win the whack this year. Yeah. No, that's mean. I and also I would hate to have to backtrack on that statement. So I did not just say that. New Mexico State playing at New Mexico. They're their rival. Okay. New Mexico yeah. is 143 in Ken Palm. New Mexico State is 145 in Ken Palm. Um, I'm gonna go New Mexico. Yep. You got the Lobos on this I got one. The Lobos. I think that's a reasonable pick. I um. You know these these teams hate them. They hate each other, hate and each other. Uh, you know, playing in a hostile environment on the road. I think that does New Mexico State in, and we'll uh, yeah. And plus, it's a home game for New Mexico for the Lobos. Exactly. You know, so exactly. I mean, they're playing again later in the season. Yep. So I might change it then, but I think I'm gonna go Lobos. Okay. Um, Stephen F. Austin is currently playing Alcorn State. Um, Alcorn State is a HBCU. You say they're currently um, playing them? Yeah, they're playing right now. It looks they like. just lost. They just lost. Who 69 lost? Sixty-nine to sixty. Stephen F. Austin lost. Yep. This Grambling State game is starting to look a, a lot more uh, intense. <laughs> 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 okay, so you're uh, you're gonna go with Alcorn State on this one. I I'm assume. gonna go with Alcorn State on this one, Connor. Thank good you. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> um, Seattle is hosting Portland. 
Um, Seattle is currently 149 in Ken Palm, Portland 127. It's at Portland. Portland is actually receiving votes for um, mid-major top 25 as well. Um, they beat Lewis and Clark State, which is an NAIA school. Uh-huh. They beat Florida A&M, which is also an HBCU. Um, they beat Portland State by seven. 98 to 91 that was not an overtime game by the way and they lost to they lost to kent state who is a top 100 team in ken palm i'm gonna go honestly hmm, <clears throat> i'm gonna go with portland because before the seattle game mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna play like at air force um they're gonna they're currently playing a couple different schools okay so I'm gonna assume I'm assuming Portland's gonna win that game just to be as I think they'll lose to Air Force. I oh, know, excuse me, I think they're gonna beat Air Force because WCC. I like that conference a lot. It's a great conference. It would be a, it would be a nice it would be a nice conference for uh, GCU to be in. It would be amazing. I think that one day after we are consistently beating in the WAC, I think we will uh, transfer it could, over. It could be considered, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cal Baptist, it looks like they are also ca- currently playing Cal State Northridge. Cal State Northridge is three seventeen. Ken Palm. Uh, Cal Baptist is 161. Currently, um, Cal Baptist is losing, actually, that game. Jeez, what is going on, Whack? You guys are... <sighs> Beginning of the season is wild because, watch, Cal Baptist is going to bounce back and beat Washington. <laughs> Dude, they certainly could. They certainly could. Washington's a bad team this year. Washington has been pretty poor recently. Um, I'm not going to make you pick that one since that one's not over yet. Okay, I'm gonna go CSU Northridge though, just to keep with it. What's the score? Twenty-two to nine. Oh my gosh! Okay, so it's literally the first half. Um, okay, so you're going with CSU Northridge. Yep. Um, I got Southern Utah going to Kansas on Friday. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give you the rundown. If 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 Kansas loses this game, throw in the towel. Season's over. That's going to follow you all the way to selection Sunday. I will. I will share a, a, a unknown secret next time I'm on. If Southern Utah beats Kansas. Okay. I'll put that in. If, if Southern Utah beats Kansas, I'm going to share an embarrassing secret. Okay. That's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thunderbirds. <laughs> Charleston. Tarleton state is uh hosting Belmont. Belmont's 141 in Ken Palm. They've lost to Lipscomb. Mm-hmm. They've lost to Furman. Furman's actually a really good squad. Um I think they're top 10 in, in mid-major top 25. They're 64 in Ken Palm. Um, but yeah. they did beat Ohio. Um so Belmont is going to Tarleton State. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tarleton. They only lost to ASU by like three points. Okay. Uh, um, so I think that's just going to ride. And that was at ASU too. Like the yeah. first game of the year when students come out for like the first game, you know? Yeah. So that be, gonna, the I'm only game go. that the only game that ASU students come out to aim into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no ASU. I bro, just, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother two hour podcast that I could talk about. Anyways. Um, so you got, you got, um, Tarleton State beating Belmont. I got yep. UT Ar- Arlington going to Nevada. That's an awesome little um, kind of gauging game to see 
where our conference opponents are at. Um, yep. UT Arlington is two fifty seven in Ken Palm, so they are hosting Nevada though. They, I know that's weird. That's a home game for them. I'm still going with Nevada. Yep, reasonable pick, I would say. Yep. Utah Tech at Arizona Bear Down. Um, I'm gonna assume Arizona also. Yeah, as well those trail those Trailblazers. I, they, it's not gonna happen. Sorry, guys. They, <laughs> I do have to say though, absolutely, they did beat really going to come back Northridge. and fight me. The Who Trailblazers did? beat CSU, beat CSU Northridge. Okay, so uh, well, Cal State Northridge is three seventeen in Kempom. There you go. Like not good. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Arizona. It's it's the same thing with Kansas, man. Mm-hmm. If if you guys lose to Utah Tech, that's gonna follow you all the way to Selection Sunday, and it's not gonna be. It's not, gonna, look not gonna be a beautiful accessory, I'll tell you that much. Nope. Finally, Rio Grande Valley is at AM Corpus Christi on Thursday. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go you I'm gonna go the I'm gonna go with the valley. I'm gonna go with the valley on that one. Really, dude. You're going with three thirty four over two oh three. I think so. I honestly hear me out on why. Okay. I picked every favorite so far. Okay. So 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 when you say you picked every favorite, is that the ESPN projected percentage or is that the um the Vegas lines? Uh the Vegas lines. I was looking at the Vegas lines. <laughs> you're, you're picking all the Vegas lines. Okay. I'm picking all <laughs> so Vegas so I guess money somehow. <laughs> yeah, dude. So my question is um if you're taking um you said you're taking the valley. Um yeah. does What's what's the line on that game? What's the line on that game? Uh, let me pull it back up for you. Um, currently on the game, Texas A and M Corpus Corpus Christi Islanders. Why are they called the Islanders? Um, do so. ESPN um, analyst says seventy seven percent A and M to win. Okay. Um, and minus nine point five favorites. Corpus Christi is yep. nine point five. Yep. Oh, okay. So you're picking against the the spread. Yep. Okay. So um I guess the question is you if you got them winning that game Never mind. My my, my brain just died for a second. It. I'm with it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you you said that you were going with all of the all of the favorites. favorites so far, yeah. So 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 you're taking Rio Grande Valley as the underdog this time. That's correct. Yeah, that's okay. the only one. The, yeah, no, not, okay. none of the rest of them were really that close. So yeah, you, you had to sprinkle in a little something, something for yeah. us to stay on our toes. Um, and and it, it's okay. It's okay because nobody cares about how Rio Grande Valley is going to do against Corpus Christi. <laughs> Although I think Corpus Christi was a tournament team last year. If I, I think they were. They weren't. They they were like a 15, 16 seed. Let me check here really quick. They, I think they were a playing game actually. Yeah. yeah, no, they were the 16 seed. They played against Texas Southern and they lost. Okay, but they yeah. did make it to the tournament. Um, massive jealousy there. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. So you picked the whack. Um, and I think that's really all we have. Do you have anything else to say for everybody, John Mark? Yeah, no. So that that GCU game against Grambling Friday, mark my words, if we win that game, we're winning the whack. If we lose that game, we're winning the whack. Um, 
I just I, I feel pretty good. I'm excited to be yeah. at that game, see what we make against their guard play and stuff like that. How do you think we'll do against Grambling on Friday? What, what, what's your prediction? So so what I'm looking for is probably um wow, you know, with everything that's happened, uh, it's it's really hard to be super confident in a blowout win. Yeah. Um granted they did beat Colorado. Um GCU struggled against Nevada. Um I'm intrigued to see whether um, Kobe Knox and um, Josh Baker are back. Yeah, I, I would expect they were because they were listed as ill. They were sick, mm-hmm. um, and that was on Saturday. So it's been a little bit. Yeah. Um. I I think I I have GCU winning. I would say a twenty five to twenty five to forty point win would be reasonable. Um. There I don't you see go. us. I don't see us winning by forty. I, I would not, appreciate a 15 to 25 point win. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. And, and I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be bent out of shape if we lose by by 15. If it's any closer than that, I'm I don't know if I'm ready to be concerned, but yeah, it's it's gotta be better than that in GCU arena on a Friday night against a team that we are supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Um you know these the Havocs are hungry for some, for some good basketball. And if, and if team doesn't deliver, I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to watch the game as an athletic director. I have obligations. I'm actually hosting a preseason tournament this weekend, which I'm thrilled about. Um, (laughs) Because, Hey, not only am I missing the GCU game, I'm also missing the brawl of the wild Montana versus MSU. um, No, no, no. Montana no. versus Bozeman Community College. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Sorry, 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 sir. Sorry, sir. Scats, <laughs> no, please. Um, that's a big game, man, and I don't get to watch it. So I'm, I'm really. It's been a, it's been interesting in in Twitter and just in Montana, I guess. Um, my my Montana Grizzlies burner account has been very active this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But go Grizz, baby. That's what I'm talking about. So, all right. Well, um, we're looking forward to this game against Grambling. We're looking forward to see what um, GCU can put together this year. Um, John Mark says we're winning the whack. I'm gonna go with what he says. Um, it's it's about time. You know, we it's need we need to win a whack championship when it's not a COVID year, so that people don't have any um, have any excuses for us, so that we don't have the proverbial asterisk behind our championship yeah no no bubble championships for us absolutely not this is the year um so we got grambling state monday we got wichita state uh we hope to get back to you maybe a maybe an episode on sunday we'll see um but until then lopes up baby lopes up dude thanks for having me on